Welcome to the Being Dad Podcast, Episode 6, Baby Mooning in Vegas. This week's show is sort of equal parts seriousness and fun. We'll start with a talk about postpartum depression for dads. Is it real? How do you know if you're at risk? We're also talking about baby moons. What is that, some sort of celestial body? Just wait. Also, some more survival skills for us new dads. And it's Automobile Week on Tech Time. We're looking at family-friendly vehicles. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining me on the Being Dad podcast. This is episode six. My name is Stephen Beattie, and this is the show where we look into issues related to being a dad, learn about these issues, and try to figure out just how we're going to cope with them. I'm glad you're here checking out the show this week. As usual, you can find the podcast in lots of different locations, but the easiest way to hear the new shows and find updates is to visit the website www.beingdadpodcast.com. All the show episodes are there with links to listen right on the site and also links to all the popular social media sites where the podcast is located and links to iTunes. Please feel free to send me off an email with any comments, questions, or show ideas. My email address is stephen at beingdadpodcast.com. Thanks to Ricky Ortiz for his feedback and comments. It was much appreciated, Ricky. Michelle and I are only a month away from our due date now. We're all done with our prenatal classes, and the midwife has given us a binder to carry around with us in case we're out of town somewhere and Michelle goes into labor. It has all her health and pregnancy-related information. It's really hard to believe that she could go into labor at any time, really, and a little bit scary, too, but exciting. Uh, A real mixture of emotions I have going on over here, I guess. I suppose we better buy that car seat and figure out how to install it. Like I said, this week I have a mixture of topics for you. First up, postpartum depression for dads. What is it, and how do you know if you've got it? Now, I think most people have heard of postpartum depression relating to women. It can be a big problem for many in the weeks or months following the delivery of the baby. Some studies have shown that for women, even up to 25% of moms will experience some sort of depression or some amount of depression following childbirth, though from what I've read, the average seems to be about 10 to 15% of women. Usually the symptoms that women experience are things like sadness, fatigue, anxiety, irritability, among others. This condition can sometimes last for many months uh, or even a year or longer. The causes of this in women really isn't understood all that well. Of course, there are lots of theories out there if you do some reading about the topic. For example, some feel it may be the result of hormonal changes women experience through pregnancy, and some say no, that's not the case. Some say that it might be related to lifestyle changes that occur once a baby is around, 
but again, others argue that point as well. Really, they don't know, but often with some counseling and support, good nutrition, and sometimes medication, the moms can get through it. So what about dads? Is this another thing for us to worry about when the baby comes along? Don't we have enough to worry about? Like I said, I'm still worried about getting that bloody car seat installed properly. I don't have time to worry about potential depression. There is a researcher named James Paulson from the Eastern Virginia Medical School who was wondering the same thing. So he did a study a couple of years ago. Back in 2010, the study was released looking into the possible existence of a postpartum depression for dads following childbirth. How he did that was he reviewed 43 other studies, which gave him a total of a little over 28,000 new fathers, and he started looking for depression. What he found was that, and I'm quoting here from a CBC article that I will reference in my show notes, About 10% of fathers experienced depression before or after the birth of a child. The author, Paulson, says that dads often can feel disconnected from the whole experience. He says regarding the new baby, and again I'm quoting here, it's not a real pleasant creature most of the time during early infancy. It's a red, screaming poop machine that just wants to be fed and doesn't really give anything back not right away. I continue to quote, you can see how this might be really stressful for a father who might not be able to get in there and get involved or have the kind of role they envisioned. End quote. When he was all done with the study, he concluded sort of three main points. The first being that the overall presence of depression in new dads was about 10% compared to around 5% in the general population of men. The second point was that the first few months seemed to have less depressed dads compared to the three- to six-month time period when it was the worst. His final point was that there was some connection between dad becoming depressed when mom is depressed. Well, there you go. I guess postpartum depression for men is real according to the results of this study anyway. So how do we know if we're depressed? What are the symptoms? A nursing professor at the University of Toronto named Kathy Lee Dennis states that typical symptoms are not feeling happy, not enjoying the activities that you normally do, changes in appetite, changes in sleep, anxiety, Sounds like a Monday morning to me. She does say, though, that these symptoms typically occur every day for a couple of weeks or longer in order for depression to be diagnosed. Okay, so we know postpartum depression for dads does exist. We know what the symptoms can be like. We know we're more at risk of depression if mom is experiencing postpartum depression herself. So what do we do if we think we have a problem here? Uh, I think the first thing to realize is that, like I've said before, if you're feeling you might be suffering from depression, that you are not the only one feeling that way. 10% is a lot of people. You need to communicate what's going on, especially with your significant other, because coping with depression in a family will likely be easier to manage 
if everyone in the family is involved. There are also lots of supports out there in the community and online for you to tap into and get some information from. If you're in front of a computer right now, type postpartum depression for dads into Google and have a look. I've done that. The first thing I see is postpartummen.com, helping men beat the baby blues and overcome depression. Next is postpartumdads.org, helping families overcome postpartum depression. There are almost 400,000 other results on the topic, so there's lots of information out there. Speaking with your doctor or other healthcare provider is always a great thing to do as well. Perhaps they can connect you with a social worker for some counseling or even look into medication to help get you through. So have you figured out what the whole baby mooning thing is yet? How many out there think it's your baby mooning the neighbors from the nursery window? Come on, you can admit it. Well, I had never heard about this either until a week or so ago when I read about it in a new dad discussion forum. I had to Google it for myself, but apparently it's a vacation or a retreat that couples take before the baby arrives to give themselves some pampering and relaxation, like prenatal massages and that kind of thing, before their lives change forever with the arrival of a new child. Now, a baby moon can also refer to the time after a baby comes when you're getting to know each other and just have some family alone time before you allow the stampede of in-laws in through the door. But mainly, it seems to refer to a vacation before the baby's arrival. Sounds like a great idea to me, although I think it's too late for Michelle and I to go anywhere as we're only a month away from the delivery now. But if you're earlier on in the pregnancy, this might be a great excuse for a vacation. If you go over to babymoonguide.com, you can find baby moon vacation packages all over the United States and Canada and even down into the Caribbean. Here's an example of a baby moon package in Chicago at the Four Seasons Hotel. They have an expecting you baby moon vacation, which includes luxurious accommodations, in-room visit from the ice cream man, okay, manicures, pregnancy massage, oh, here we go, a toast to fatherhood in the bar for expectant dads. Yeah, now we're talking. Also, various coupons and deals on toys, maternity clothing, and baby photography, etc., etc. What a great idea, and there are a ton of these deals out there. So do yourself some research and get planning that baby moon in Vegas. Now, if you're like me, you're starting to realize that being a new dad is going to be a lot of work. And you're looking everywhere for all the advice and tips you can find to help get you through it. I found an article on twoofus.org called A New Dad's Survival Guide. Okay, great. Here we go. This is sounding useful. New Dad's Survival Skills. First up, overcome mom envy. We don't want to feel rejected because it may seem that the baby prefers mom over us. It doesn't. 
Mom has the food usually to begin with, and we'll have lots of time to interact with the new baby as well during diaper changes and other activities, so not to worry. Overcome baby envy. If you feel that the baby is taking all the attention of your significant other, don't take it to heart. Your significant other hasn't forgotten about you. She's just working on being the best mom she can be. Working together as a team will make your relationship stronger, and eventually things will get back to some kind of normal again. So they say, anyway. Next up, tackle your fears. It's not uncommon for new dads to worry that they will hurt the baby or do something wrong while caring for the baby, but remember that it is in your nature as well to father and nurture that child just as it is for mom. So try to relax and go for it. You are just as capable as mom is to do that baby bath. Take care of your woman, take care of your baby, and take care of yourself. As we've talked about before, dads are the number one support for moms. So we really need to be there to do whatever we can to help her out and look out for her. Other than the breastfeeding, dads can do every other baby care activity that moms can do. With all this said, though, make sure that you're looking after yourself, too. Get enough rest and make sure that you're eating well. Be patient that sex may be on hold for a while after the birth. In this article, they say about six weeks or so. I've heard some dads say it's an 18-year wait. I'm just kidding. There's lots of information out there on sex following childbirth. But again, I think the best thing is to be supportive of your spouse and maintain open communication about your feelings regarding everything, including sex. Finally, understand your importance. I'll quote here from the article because I like how they worded it. Father involvement is positively associated with virtually every measurement of child well-being. It reduces a child's likelihood of experiencing poverty, child neglect, teen pregnancy, juvenile delinquency, and substance abuse. Truly, fatherhood is your chance to be a hero to your child. This form of heroism doesn't require perfection, just your ongoing presence and a sincere desire to do right by your child. Yeah, 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 it's time for Tech Time. This week we're putting a spin on Tech Time. It's Automobile Week. More specifically, we're looking into family-friendly vehicles for 2012, according to the researchers over at Parenting.com. They've come up with seven family-friendly vehicles, and I'm going to warn you now, there may be mention of minivans in this segment, so listener beware, and if you have a weak stomach, you may want to fast-forward the show here. First up, the Chevrolet Traverse. Three rows of seating, sits up to eight, wireless Bluetooth for streaming smartphone music, and cup holders sized for sippy cups and juice boxes. $29,000. Next, and I hope you're sitting down for this one, the Chrysler Town and Country. Yes, chicks will dig you driving around in this one. Seats seven in three rows. The third row bench seat 
folds automatically into the floor with the touch of a button. That's pretty cool. Also, $29,000. Next up, the Honda Odyssey Touring Elite. Seats eight and three rows. Has a split-screen DVD screen for entertaining two kids with different shows on one screen. A little bit pricey at forty-three grand. Next up is a sharp-looking vehicle, the Infiniti JX. Again, seat seven and has four external cameras to give you a 360-degree view around the car. Bit pricey as well, $40,000. If you're looking for something a little smaller and not so minivan-like, check out the Toyota Prius 5. It's a five-seater but has great mileage and lots of techie geeky options inside priced at $26,000 another five-seater to consider is the Volkswagen Jetta sport wagon TDI a really nice looking wagon if your keys are in your pocket the doors will unlock automatically when you touch the door handle with your hand I like that $25,000 Finally, ending it off with another minivan. Yep, I'm sorry. The Nissan Quest LE. Seat 7, and there's an air filtering system that reduces odors. Always handy to have around to keep down smells coming from the baby, or the dog, or me, as Michelle would say, I'm sure. Price nicely at $28,000. Finally on Tech Time, keeping with the automobile theme this week, Car seat expiration. Just thought I would mention that car seats are like milk and cold cuts in that they do have an expiration date, at which point they become garbage. As their safety, according to the safety guidelines and manufacturers, is or can be decreased. You'll want to keep this in mind if you're getting a second-hand car seat from a friend or a family member. Usually, the expiration is five years after the seat was made, and you can find the date that it was made labeled somewhere on the car seat itself. Have a look around for a label or a sticker on there. The position might be different from manufacturer to manufacturer, but it will be there somewhere. If it was made longer than five years ago, then they suggest you look into a newer one as safety standards change over time and the seats get worn out. Well, that's the end of the show for this week. Thanks again for listening. My plan is to continue with weekly releases of the show, but if I have to delay or miss a show because Michelle is having our baby, I will keep you posted and send updates on Twitter as I can. And the delay will only be temporary, so feel free to follow my show Twitter feed at Being Dad Podcast. I'll likely have my voice recorder with me at the hospital, so if I'm able, I'll record some of my immediate feelings as to how things are going and share them with you in a future show. So thanks again, and feel free to join me next time on the Being Dad Podcast.